Welcome to the Power of Insights. This podcast is designed for helping people who are looking for lifelong change. My name is Oleg Karevos and I'm a state of mind coach helping individuals and businesses have lasting transformation. Today's guest is a coach with 15 years experience behind him. Phil Gordert is sharing with us the importance of building a relationship with yourself and how his career changed since he started and what it means to be present. Also, he will share with us one insight which had an impact on his life. Enjoy. Welcome. Today's guest is Phil. He At the moment, he lives in Bali and um, I'm so happy to have him as a guest. Hi, Phil. How are you? Oh, hello, Oleg. It's really lovely to be here. Thank you for inviting me. As I said, I am um, over the moon that you are, you are my guest because I respect you uh, as a coach. I respect you as a person. And could you please share with us a little bit about yourself? What are you doing? What's what's your work and where you are and where you're from? Mm, yeah, thank you for that. So, okay, it's funny you say I'm, I'm living in Bali. Yeah, I've been here. I guess it's coming up for two months now. Um, I have no idea how long I'll be here. But that was after a very long stay in um, <laughs> some temporary accommodation. It wasn't really temporary accommodation. But I, when my I'd, I'd been married and divorced twice, and at the end of that second marriage, I thought, okay, I'm going to move into my own apartment for a few months until I decide what to do with the rest of my life. And I ended up staying in that apartment for nine and a half years. <laughs> but um, so, uh, yeah, and, and I just have been having this urge to let go of all of that, um, to step out a bit more into the world. And I ended up uh, selling and giving away and donating and trashing all of my belongings, um, apart from what fits in a suitcase and probably a, a similar amount of stuff in my mother's attic. Um, and yeah, to embark on this adventure of, of, of moving to Bali, very much different to think, oh, just go to Bali for a few weeks. I've come here with the mindset of living here. And um, because it's just, it's been nudging at me to do this because, um, yeah, because I've been working as a coach professionally for almost 15 years. It's been my full-time um, job since 2011. And I can do that anywhere, of course, you know, anywhere that there's an internet connection. It's sometimes a struggle to get an internet connection here in Bali. But um, so I just, so many things happened, which just kept nudging me in this direction to take a leap. Um, so let me think, can I answer a little bit more about the question? What do I do? I been coaching a long time but what's emerged is I'm very much coaching people around relationships both personal and professional it seems that life really is all about relationships um, we tend to be exploring yeah the relationship with themselves first off although we don't necessarily dive straight into that but that that's really where we're working when as people develop their relationship with themselves all their other relationships change um, yeah I write published a couple of books I've got another couple in in progress and uh, a couple of other po- a couple of podcasts that I do so um, it's, it's it's great it's really lovely to be on this side of the microphone Oleg for a change thank you Phil you, you you are a coach for 15 years you're a host you have your own podcast may I ask you this question what skills have you learned or acquired during the, those 15 years as a coach which you may not acquire otherwise and I think in coaching, we can learn specific skills. Where you can yeah, of course. Otherwise. I think all of life that? is teaching us specific skills. But um, 
it's it it often takes us a moment to sort of reflect on that to see really what's gone on and just listening to your question i guess as i developed as a coach perhaps one of the skills is um allowing myself to be present so that i can really hear what's going on um for the person that i'm talking to and i say allowing that's a deliberate use of language because being present with somebody is not something you can try to do the mere fact that you are putting some attention in the am i present takes you out of the present moment so um i guess fundamentally and, and somebody's asked me this um recently what's like what what is it that makes an impactful coach and i think it is somebody who is really present with you and um that if you want to call it a skill that's developed from me continuously letting go of any ideas about me any ideas about what i have to do um as a coach it certainly wasn't always like that when i you know when i started out and when i immersed yeah. myself in a whole lot of coaching yes. training i was going to the us every few months and uh yeah i i tried to be a certain kind of coach and i'm sure every coach does this I, i tried to be a certain way and that's a lot of hard work and it does it, you can't really be present whilst you're trying to be someone else exactly exactly or being involved in a job you don't yeah. like or doing things which you don't enjoy and that's what i meant really when as a coach you just literally immersed in this work by being present by 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 surrendering and doing things which which is applicable for coaches at least that's what i believe You said presence which I which I'm really be big in and elaborate a little bit on that. What do you mean when when you say presence? So uh, yeah, okay. So what do I mean? It's a great question by the way. I because um it could really mean a, a, any number of things, couldn't it? So for me maybe it's easier to for me to explain that I think I've touched on it really when you're not present. So I would turn up on calls and I'm entertaining a lot of thinking about questions i should ask how am i come across um oh my goodness how can i help this person are we going in the right direction um all that kind of thinking about trying to get somewhere with that person to take the conversation in a particular direction being concerned with outcomes essentially whilst i'm listening to my thinking um that takes me out of out of a present really out of what i would say being present with the person really listening and taking in them without the filter of my stories now that's kind of a purist idealist um point of view way of describing it because i'm not even sure that that's 100% possible we're always going to um see people through our filters but with an awareness of that i think it becomes it becomes easier with an awareness of that so to be present i'm you know it's just in summary as a coach being present i have very very little thinking about me or about outcomes on 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 any call i have very little thinking at all in fact what should i be asking next oh my goodness what's happening here like um i can really surprise my clients sometimes the things that come out of my mouth and they certainly surprise me occasionally as well because um i'm just i'm just showing up unaudited unfiltered whatever shows up um comes out so there is no control involved is this not doesn't mean you control your thinking or you're trying to quiet your thinking you let it just everything what's happening just be the way it is without even interfering that's what you mean i i yeah you know what i 
in 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 fact, I think you've hit the nail on the head much better than me. You know that you can't really be present whilst you're trying to control. Yes. I think that aspect of control is is key there. Um, yeah, so really relinquishing control, surrendering any ideas of of, of control. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. Like uh, one example, I really would be. Um, with children, you know, anybody who's got children. And if you, if you're just noticing, just observing those children rather than control them. Yes. Um, then, then, you, then you probably notice the difference between being present and not present. You mentioned as well, Phil, that you wrote two books. The books are called Musings of Love and More Musings of Love. I, I, I really enjoyed the books. Yeah. The book actually, I read one of them. And um, thank you. I wanted to right, ask you a you. question. You spoke about, am I willing? And I thought about, oh, he means, am I committed? So I thought, oh, am I committed to do the work I, I, will, I, I want? Yes, I'm committed. And then you gave an example when a kid starts walking and he is willing to just walk without waiting for the right moment. And I said, yeah, but the kid doesn't know about commitment. And my question to you is, what, what, what do you mean when you say, uh, are you willing Am I willing to do that? Am I willing to step up? Well, I feel tempted um, as we were chatting before we started recording. Those those two books, by the way, were published, what, 2017. And a lot of that content was written in perhaps the two years previous to that. It's really, a, they're both like a consolidation of stuff that I've written. So there's stuff in there that I wouldn't necessarily explain in the same way. But I still, I still love the question, what do I mean by that? Well, I was willing to come to Bali without any real idea of what it was like i hadn't been here before um and i was really open-minded about what happened what would happen what i might find here have i been willing to reach out to somebody um i guess really am i willing to take action without uh I think what I mean about what I mean about that is am I willing to take action irrespective of an outcome? Because we spend so much time trying to predict and indeed like that whole thing around control and um only perhaps take action once we're sure that a certain outcome is not gonna happen or that we're gonna get we're gonna get a particular range of results. Whereas what I mean by being really willing is like I think are, are you just are you are you willing to just do something irrespective of what happens? Like I, I think I can describe my approach, certainly my approach to my business, and very much approach to most aspects of my life is in four words, which would be "Let's see what happens." And I think um, probably one of the biggest changes in me is I'm much more. Um, I've always been a little bit mischievous, I guess, but um, I'm much more willing to explore and experiment. And take action. I'm willing to do things without without any real attachment to what happens. Wow. Just to see what does happen. That's beautiful. Thank you. That for, thank you for that because this question, I was thinking about that. I, I, yesterday I went to bed and still was thinking, well, um, am I willing to understand what Phil meant? And now you, mm. you explain it beautifully. Thank you. I'd love to expand on it. Just, uh, just one more yeah, minute yeah, back course, because I, I think... 
in 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 that um I don't know in what context you'd read it because I think I have touched on this quite a lot in some of the things that I churn out in my writing but in relation to like if you're trying to build any kind of business where you need clients to for your business to be sustainable you will not get clients coming to you just by sitting on your sofa so in actual fact pretty much any kind of action certainly imperfect action trumps no action every single time like even if you do something and it creates a storm and um, some really unsavory results there's some to me it looks like there's some energy in in that that can still pay dividends and certainly give you a story and give you some experience rather than sitting on the sofa meditating <laughs> which is nothing wrong with meditation sometimes isn't it Nothing wrong with meditating, yeah, of yeah. course. And I mean, I meditate. I meditate briefly each day. But really what I'm talking about is there's no greater way of creating change in the world than taking action. Exactly. But we, I, what I observe is so many of us will only take action once we're sure of, of um, either getting a particular result or not getting or something not happening that we're perhaps scared of happening. Yeah. You also have two books under development about leadership And mm -hmm. the, uh, the second one, uh, what, what the second one are going to be about? About relationships. relationships. Yeah. What, uh, yeah. And you said yeah. that you, you, the last two books you wrote it in 2017, now it's 2019. Mm -hmm. what, what, what's going to mm -hmm. be the difference between those two books? Gosh, what a great question. Um, at, towards the end of 2017, having been uh, looking at personal development, human behavior at that point since 1998. So that was, what, 19 years. Um, and I came across what you and I know as the three principles. Yeah. Um, well, even that, I can't really pin down. It was um, 2007, 2008 was my first exposure to that kind of understanding. But I had a conversation with, uh, with a coach at late 2017 where and I <laughs> I can't really put it into words that would that would demonstrate the impact of that it was it was just I could just see much deeper how made up absolutely everything is even though prior to having that moment I would have I would have used exactly the same words to describe how I saw life I thought I could see, yeah, I could see how everything's made up. And then, you know, a huge insight was set up like a mushroom cloud. Um, and it's like, no, no, now I really get it. But the thing is now I can see that, well, maybe I don't even really get it. So the thing that's changed for me is seeing much more the role and the nature of all ideas and concepts and beliefs and truth. So whereas in um, my first couple of books, and this is why really after that insight, I kind of withdrew into a bit of a man cave, if you like, because it just washed away the, the sandcastles upon which everything I was doing was built. Because, um, yeah, I could say I was, I, I was, and I still talk about love, but I was all about, right, the only thing that's true, the only thing that's real is love. I still, that's still my favorite subject. But to me, I can see that that is also an idea and a concept. Wow. And, yeah, 
yeah, just just really seeing the made up nature of even that. Wow. And then talking from that perspective is actually very freeing. Like I can't I can't say anything to you that isn't made up. So um there's <laughs> So life becomes much more of a playground. That's probably why I find myself here in Bali because really it is, it is just a playground. Like if there is, there is, um, there is no right, there is no wrong, there's no good, there's no bad with, without all of our ideas and concepts and beliefs. And it's, it's kind of a little bugbear of mine as well because I can see in, in our community of, of coaches and spiritual teachers and what have you, people preaching stuff that they claim to be truth and what i've seen and this is much more in the nature of my work with my clients now is dive into what they think is true and it never there's there's always a belief underneath that there has to be there has to be so what what what's different and this is probably why it's taken me much longer to write these two books because i realize i'm just telling a story i'm still just sharing ideas and concepts and I can tell you really what's changed in my work in that yeah, respect yes. is, sure with us. I, is it would be is very much about looking in that direction and, and and really brushing aside the ideas and concepts and helping my clients understand the role the role that all of these ideas and concepts are playing in their life, in their thinking, in their beliefs. And we can't get away from them. You can't live in the same way as you can't live an egoless life. You can't live a life without beliefs to me it's kind of ludicrous that somebody would suggest you know or let's let's point away from beliefs it's not possible that's how we navigate this this life that we're leaving we have we 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 have to have beliefs to help us navigate but i think there's um it's liberating to understand and really see that that's what's going on yes yes we cannot get rid of this activity because ego in itself is an activity and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think instead of making the ego wrong, we have to make the ego our own, our friend. And ego is very good at following. And if you give a direction, it's going to follow and it's going to bring you the success you want. At least that's why I see it. For sure. Um, you, you, yeah. The book you, you're going to write is about leadership. And what you're t- telling about being present, being um, have a great relationship with yourself, can you give an, as an example how you envision a leader having all those qualities, what type of company he can build, what type of life he can have? Well, I think the the working title of the book is The Leadership Illusion, mm-hmm. and that is that there's something to do. Okay. There is something to do um, to lead. And it's it sounds very cliche, doesn't it, that it's not a doing thing, it's a being thing. Being present with people, um, to me, is the ultimate leadership. Okay, thank you. There's a there's a, a, the illusion is that we think that there's something to do that there's something to aspire to, and the book really is 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 touching on again brushing away all of those ideas of concepts around that and then looking at what's left because you know when you are if you've ever worked with somebody who you feel that they're with you they're really with you you're naturally drawn towards them. And so leadership in that sense is the most natural attribute of being human. Oh, beautifully said, beautifully said. It's the same thing applies with everyone, I think, coaches, every, every aspect of life. Yes, yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. 
I don't know if you, you know Don Miguel Roots. He wrote a, a book called Four Agreements. And mm -hmm. the four yeah. agreements are be impeccable with your words. Don't take anything personal. Don't make assumption. Always do your best. Mm -hmm. What can you say about don't take anything personal? How important is that? Uh, nice. Yeah, nice try. <laughs> <laughs> nice try. Like, good luck with that. Um, and I think, again, he's he's sharing. It's, it's great advice in some respects, right? But they're, they're, he's sharing four wonderful, beautiful ideas. Yes. Which we can look at those and think, oh, yeah. You know, it's a good feeling about those when we consider those. But like, okay, take something personally. Just look at the flip side of that. Yes, yeah, so what? Okay, cool. Go with that. Take it personally. Um, I, got, <laughs> I, I had uh, somebody who had pretty peed off, um, yeah, last week and um, was expressing that to me, that they were feeling really um, angry. And I said, that's cool. Be your, be your best angry self. Just be your, be your best angry self. Like, let that be. It just strikes me that it's human nature to take things personally. And there's a lot of work. Maybe, maybe I'm more of the anti-coach than the coach. But there's, you know, throughout this profession, there's a, a lot of people preaching, doing kinds of work. And, um, yeah, ways to be, those four agreements, wonderful ways to be. And you could spend your whole life striving to live that way. But just how it looks to me is seeing, yeah, indeed, the made-up nature of, of those ideas and concepts. Life in and of itself just looks like a much more lighthearted experience anyway. So I might take something personally, but the fact that I'm taking it personally, I'm not taking that particularly seriously anymore. And I, and I heard um, somebody we'll both know of, Michael Neal, say many years ago, I think it probably was around about 2007, 2008, in a, one of his CD recordings, he said, I think he was reiterating that he heard somebody say to, somebody said to him, I really love how um, you don't really care what people think of you. And he said, um, oh, I do really deeply care what people think about me or think of me, but I don't care so much that I care what people think of me. And sometimes we do, and it's okay if you do, isn't it? Yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. And like really just noticing that that's what's going on. Like there's there's less work for us to do, the same that I say about leadership. There's there's less work for us to do um, than, than we might think. And when you stop doing all of that work, trying to be a certain way, trying to be somebody, um, you have a lot more life energy spiritual energy for indeed being present and enjoying and living this life you know phil while while i was listening to you i i was basically thinking what's happening is what's happening if i'm not agreeing with something it's just me judging blaming the situation and yeah mm -hmm. it's so it's, it life can be so much easier if i take my own concepts of how life should be away from it you know, so I didn't, I didn't have a, a particularly active relationship with my father for, um, oh, well, well, about 20 years. Mm -hmm. We didn't actually speak to each other for almost 10 years. We had a big falling out and, uh, he, he told, made it clear that, you know, he didn't want me in his life. Anyway, of course we kind of reconvened, but even then 
it's it's like I didn't I I didn't have a particularly good relationship with my dad simply because of the stories I was entertaining about him and indeed the credence and importance that I was giving to my opinions of how he should have been yes there's no way you know he shouldn't have done this he shouldn't have done that and uh yeah it it, it took me <laughs> two decades really to have this insight and to genuinely wonder well hang on a second what's life like for him without my what like actually who is he without my story of him yes and that's that's not easy to do um without without really being aware of your stories yes yes with, with the internal dialogue isn't it you li- uh, yes yes yeah, for yeah, sure yeah. i i you know sometimes i'm getting frustrated because something doesn't work out and i'm just noticing what's going on and you know what a simple break can do the, can do the can make a shift mm. take a break stay with it yeah that's it come back and do the work yeah so yeah. this podcast yeah. feel is called power of insights and um i ask every guest to share one insight because you have so many of them already but one insight which which <laughs> shifted everything in your life on business or on life which has a major shift which has a shift mm-hmm. you remember because i have i have one of them i i shared with people in my introduction but can you can you give one of yours if you have one well I, i guess probably the biggest one which has led to all of the others which led to all of the exploration happened for me in 2003 i was laying on a sun lounger on holiday in sham al-sheikh in egypt mm-hmm. and i was reading a book um i've shared this i think elsewhere but i, I was reading um uh goodness gracious Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen mm-hmm. Covey. And there's a line in there which I thought he was uh, quoting Viktor Frankl, but it turns out that's not true. But anyway, he says something like, between stimulus and response is a gap, and in that gap lies your freedom. So that was the first time that I saw very, very clearly that I was creating my entire experience of life within me. And I wouldn't say that I saw very clearly that it had no relation to anything else. and I can explain why I don't believe that is the case either because we're all in one big energy soup if yes. you like but I could just see very clearly that I create my experience of life in me it's influenced of course as like i say there's i i i believe you can walk into a room and you can sense the energy of that room and interpret that to mean something and then create an experience within ourselves so that's probably the biggest mm. one that's had you know the biggest effect and led to everything else but then you know what's what's come out of that are are others such as you know just even a couple of years ago of really seeing how made up everything is you you said we are like ener- energy a suit of energy what do you mean by that because hmm. it's so much so much talk about energy who we really are we are all this energy but what's what's your take on it Well I'm talking about that really in the context of there are some people out there who say that how you feel your experience of life has nothing to do with what's going on outside of you right and to me it just simply doesn't look that way it's it's kind of like look you know what if if it sounds a bit woo woo and I and I've laughed at people you know who are into astrology and stuff like that but I think you know what if the moon can move the oceans maybe it has an impact on me in some way Yeah. on this body yeah. and therefore my physiology and therefore you know how i feel so um this in the same way i think 
we can ignore that if we're like a, if we look at purely I'm creating this experience in me and I'm only ever experiencing thought in quotes I think there's a danger there that that means we ignore that we are part of a greater whole that we're part of this system that's interacting with itself within itself um, and I'm just calling that all energy yeah. So, um, sure, I can walk into a room and there's somebody there that I'm not even aware they're there, but I can sense or feel their energy. But there's an intermediate bit between that and my experience, and that would be interpretation. So um, that's definitely down to me. And there's, I know we've run out of time here, but there's, there's a, the interpretation piece is where we create all the meaning. So therefore, oh, I have, I can sense this energy. It means this. And it, it means this is the bit that I'm doing in me that creates my experience and how that feels. Wow, amazing. Thank you for that. So thank you for so much for being here today, Phil. I really appreciate I enjoy this conversation. Can you can you share with us oh, me can too. you share with us how people yeah. can get hold of you? How can they contact you? I've made it really easy. Um I'm fairly active on Facebook. I like that. I think it's great social platform. So um you can find me by just going to fbphil.com, so fbphil.com. Um, yeah, my website, not much there other than my podcast, um, is and your uh, books. philg.com. Of course, yeah, <laughs> the books. There's links to my books on my website. Um, but like, <laughs> it, like I sort of touched on, I kind of feel a bit, well, yeah, but I, 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 I'm not sure about the books really because, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's not really – where I'm at okay, now, but that's enough, cool. Yeah, I still get some great feedback. I still get some great feedback about it, and um, I think there's yeah, there's some good writing in definitely, there. Definitely, sure. definitely. Read them, read them for entertainment. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> and they're good points as well. So, thank you very much for being here, Phil. I really appreciate it. All the best. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in into this episode. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and review this podcast and share with your friends who can benefit from this. It would be great if you can leave a comment and I would love to hear from you. Thank you for listening. <laughs>